We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Amen. Not just because it's my name, but because Jesus taught us some very important lessons in that book. Amen. Matthew 6. Amen. And we're here going to be continuing, amen, with our prayer and with our fasting theme. Amen. How many of you guys have been enjoying the month of prayer? Amen. How many of you guys have been growing in the month of fasting? Amen. Come on. God is good. Amen. So we've been in our month of prayer and fasting. Amen. And uh, it's been very exciting. And, and I believe God has something for us here tonight. Amen. So when you are there, Matthew 6, Matthew 6. We're going to be reading verses 7 and 8 and then jumping down to verse 16. Amen. Matthew 6, 7 and 8. When you got it, say amen. 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 The word says, when you pray, amen, when you pray, don't babble on on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered uh, merely by repeating their own words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Verse 16, and when you fast, or verse, uh, amen, right here says, and when you fast, so we're skipping down, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that it is the only, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, amen, brush your teeth, put on some deodorant, amen, (laughs) then no one will notice that you are fasting except the Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you, amen. Father, have your way here tonight. Speak to us in Jesus' name. We all set? Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated here tonight. Amen. Real quick, I just want to make a quick announcement. Immediately after service, I would like to meet with all the gang, amen, and the gang parents about our snow trip. So after service, right here to my left, amen, we're going to meet after service. So here in Matthew 6, amen, Jesus is teaching his disciples about prayer and about fasting. Amen. And I know for us who, who've been serving God that this portion of scripture is, is, is familiar to us, right? That it might have even already been preached on, you know, while, while I was out of town, I was in Milwaukee, so it might have got preached on. But if it was, amen, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Amen. So here Jesus is teaching his disciples about prayer and fasting. Amen. He tells them, don't go around, right, making it obvious that you're praying. Don't make it obvious that you're fasting. Don't walk around all sad and downcast and holding your stomach and, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like, if you only knew, you know, when, when you're at work and you're, he's telling them when you go and you're, you see those other people eating, don't be like, oh, that looks good. Oh, I can't wait to have some of that, right? Smelling the ch- cheeseburgers, right? I'm going to make some people hungry right now. It's carne asada, right? Some cheesecake, Amen. He says, don't go around like the other people do, right? Don't go around like those of other religions who, who, who make it a spectacle, right? Who make it a spectacle of when they pray, right? Of when they fast, right? Of when they give, when they serve, right? He says, but when you do those things, keep it quiet, right? Keep it private, 
right? Keep it under wraps, right? Keep it personal, right? Keep it between you and your father, right? He tells them that what you do in secret, the father sees it, right? When you pray in secret, the father sees it. The father hears it, right? And, he, and then he goes on to tell them that, that he already knows what you need, right? So then that kind of brings the question like, well, then why even pray? Right? If, if God knows, if the Father knows what we need and what we're going to ask, why even ask it? It's because there's a whole different purpose of prayer. Amen? And we're going to get there in a little bit. So Jesus is teaching them, amen, to, to keep your prayer and your fasting, you know, undercover. Right? Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. You know, don't walk around complaining, grumbling. Right? Don't pray in a way where it's like, hey, everybody look at me right? Praying with big words and, and shouts and, you know, and, and corporate prayer, there's a, there's a time for that. There's a place for that, right? We do corporate prayer. We, we meet at certain places, and we're going to continue to do that, but that's not who, that's not our personal lifestyle, right? You don't go outside the front of your house and walk up and down your street and, you know, praying like, now, if you're praying and trying to break down some strongholds, that's a different story, but if you're out there praying so that people can look at you, to get praise, right, so people can look at you so that you get recognition as, wow, look how holy they are. That's what Jesus is warning them about. Amen? See, the reason I believe that Jesus was teaching them this is because in their culture, that was a problem, right? In their time, in their culture, right, they lived in an area where there were multiple religions, right, where there were multiple temples, right, hundreds of gods, right, Greek gods, Roman gods, right? Different beliefs, these idols and things that people would go and worship and, and do all kinds of things in public, right? And a majority of these things were very explicit, right? For the sake of those in here, I'm not going to get into it, but they were very gruesome, right? And explicit, right? And, and over the edge and extreme, right? Where today we wouldn't even fathom the type of things that they were doing in public to worship their God, to worship their idols, so Jesus tells his disciples, when you do it, don't be like them. But go in private. Go in secret. Make it personal. Amen. Our prayer time is a personal time with our creator, with our savior. Amen. With the way maker. Amen. With the one who's going to do what needs to be done. Amen. In other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples what Paul would later write about in Ephesians 6.12, where it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Amen? See, those people, their idols were, were stone. Their idols were maybe an animal. Their idols were, you know, a, a, a goddess or a god, right? But, but our battle, we know, is not in the physical realm, but it's in the spiritual realm. So if we want to be effective, then we need to enter into the spiritual realm. Amen. And when you go into private, right, when, when, when you fast and you don't shout it from the rooftops, you enter into another dimension. Amen. You enter into a different realm that gets you engaged in the spiritual battle. Amen. Because Jesus says, if you do it out here for everybody to see, you're just fighting flesh. Right. You're just fighting the masses. Right. You're just fighting, you know, the people of that church down the street. Right. Or that cult down the street or that, you know, tarot card reader across the street. You're just fighting against them. But when you go in secret and you go in prayer and you separate yourself and and you fast and you pray and you plead unto God, you enter into that spiritual battle. Amen. How many of you guys know we are in a spiritual battle? 
Amen. That, that the things that we face, the trials that we face, they're not physical. Right. The gang violence, the drugs, the, the homosexuality, all this stuff. That's just the that's just the result of what's taking place in the spiritual. That's not the actual problem. The problem is unseen. Amen. But it's in our prayer. It's in that secret place where God will reveal it to us. Amen. Like I said, corporate prayer is great and it has its place. But the real work is done in private. Amen. This reminds me of when, when the disciples were trying to cast out a demon from, from, from a young boy. And they couldn't, they couldn't get that demon cast out. And then Jesus walks on the scene and in a few words casts that demon out. And then the disciples ask, Master, how did you do that? And then he reminds them, some things only happen through prayer and fasting. Amen. That it's not by a show. Right? They were probably laying hands and spitting and slap whatever they were doing back then. Right? Trying to get that demon out, shaking it, turn him upside down. Right? And then Jesus comes and just flee, get out of here. Right? But see, with Jesus, his prayer time was very personal. His prayer time was very private. Right? As you read in the word, Jesus separated himself many times. And he would, the disciples would wake up and they go, where's Jesus? Right? And he would be on the mountaintop or he would be in a certain place and, and, and praying to the Lord. He would get up early in the morning and separate himself unto the Father and begin to pray and begin to plead for his city and begin to plead for his people and begin to plead and ask God for direction. Right? And I believe that's why he did what he did. Yes, one, because he was a son of God, but two, because his prayer life was very private. Amen? That he didn't just show up on the scene expecting, expecting God to move. Right. He didn't just show up and say, "Okay, I'm the son of God. I'm going to do what the son of God does. No, he understood that prayer and fasting was important. Amen. Amen. See, as you read the Bible, like I said, Jesus spent time in God's presence and then he went to do miracles. See, the key was his prayer time, time spent in prayer. How many guys know is not wasted, but it's invested. Amen. When I think about Jesus and what he was teaching, for some reason, and, and, and I think maybe because uh, I was in Milwaukee just recently for school, for my job, and we were building motors, and the guy was teaching us a lot of, like, drag racing stuff, right, and hot rod stuff. Um, so I seen the parallel, and I'm going to kind of go down this road, and I hope I don't lose nobody, amen, but I hope even that you learn something. But when I hear, read about what Jesus was saying about, you know, uh, uh, building your prayer life in, in secret, it makes me think of how a racer builds his car, right? Or how a, how a racer prepares for a race, right? And maybe even somebody here, you, you were in sports or, or you were in other kind of things, boxing, right? That, that how you train is very private. You don't want your competition to see how you train. You don't want your competition to see how you prepare, right? You don't want to see your opponent to know your secrets because then they got the hand up on you, right? So you go into your secret place, and you prepare and you build, right? And, you, and, and, and mechanics and, and, and hot rod mechanics, they got little secrets, right? They got little tricks of the trade that, that they don't share to everybody, right? That, oh, if you just do this or you change that, that you, it, 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 could, it could make you win the race, right? It could give you just a little bit more power. It could give you that edge, that cutting edge, amen? For someone who maybe who's a boxer, maybe you, your, your coach shows you just something that's a little different that your opponent won't expect, right? Remember that movie Southpaw, right? And he's showing, and then all of a sudden he just switches on him, right? 
it was a secret. It was something that was kept quiet, right? So I believe that when Jesus was teaching them and telling them to keep it secret, that maybe, there, maybe, just maybe, that when we go into that secret place, the enemy doesn't have access to that. Maybe the enemy can't see what's really going on. Maybe the enemy is, is, can't hear what you're praying, right? That's just my thinking, right? And, and, and so it makes me think of a racer, right? Drag racing, right? That these guys, they don't just show up to the track and expect to win, but they spend hours upon hours working on their cars to get the most power that they can, right? To be the most effective that they can, amen? Because they want to win, Amen? They tweak, they adjust, they modify, right? They spend a lot of money on parts, right? If anybody here and you're a wife of a husband who has that kind of hobby, you know that parts are expensive. Amen? But it's, a, it's for the win, right? Amen? They don't understand. So they tweak, they adjust, they spend time, they research, they, they do things, right? To try to get, you know, ahead in the race. See, a drag race may only take a few seconds, but the preparation takes weeks, months, maybe even years, right? A regular drag race, you know, just an ordinary car is done in 10 seconds, right? A top fuel racer is done in like two seconds, right? And they're going hundreds of miles an hour. But all that time was spent building that machine, thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars to build a machine to race for a few seconds, right? So it makes me think how valuable our time in prayer is. How valuable our, our time that as we fast, right? Because we're investing, we're building ourselves for the race that God has called us to run, right? That walk that God has called us to walk, right? That life that God has called us to, 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 to live, amen? That we need to spend that quality time where it matters. That we can't just hop in our car and show up to the racetrack in our Geo Metro and expect to win, Right? And our four tourists and think that we got it all together, right? No, we need to spend time in prayer. And sometimes we come to church or, or we go to our life groups, we go to our Bible studies, and we just expect the Spirit of God to move. But we're not spending that quality time, amen, in the garage, amen, in the shed, right, in our prayer closet, amen, refining our gift, refining our talent, hearing from the Master, getting tuned up, getting adjusted, right, getting aligned, Amen? We need to spend that quality time in prayer and in fasting. Amen? See, in this month of prayer and fasting, like I said, we, we are getting fine-tuned. Our spirits are getting fine-tuned. Right? Some of us, maybe we're just getting a few little adjustments and oil chains and spark plugs. But maybe for some of us, it's been rough and we've been getting the whole overhauls. Amen. We've gotten a new motor, right? New transmission. We're getting new tires and brakes and everything. But I want to let you know that after it, you're going to be ready to go. Amen. You're going to be ready to hit the road. Amen. See, prayer and fasting is the repair shop for our walk with Christ. Amen. It's the auto shop. Amen. It's in prayer and through fasting that God can build you into a custom built high performance machine. Amen. That makes sense to me. Amen. I, I like going fast, right? You may not know that by looking at what I drive right now, but when I get on a motorcycle or, you know, man, I like to go fast, right? Like there's only one position, full throttle, right? Amen. And that's what God wants for the same thing for us, that we don't just come into Christianity and settle for some little bucket, 
right, that's just clunking around and, and dragging around and smoking and put, putting and doing all that kind of stuff, but know that we are a precision machine, amen, that when God calls us, <clears throat> we're able to step out and we're able to put the pedal to the metal and it's not going to blow up, amen, but we're going to be able to win the race, amen. How many guys want to win in this race of Christianity, amen? See, there's a saying even in racing that, that power cost, right? Horsepower costs, right? If you don't know what horsepower is, that's the measurement that they measure power in like a motor, right? Or in a car or something. Horsepower and torque. But there's a saying that power cost, amen? And the same is for us, that if we want to experience the power of God, we need to pay the price. Amen. We need to spend the time in prayer. We need to uh, uh, be obedient in our fasting. We need to be obedient in our giving and, and allow God to mold us and shape us, right, that it costs. Again, going back to the analogy, you can go buy, you know, a base model whatever for $15,000, or you could go spend a million dollars on a Lamborghini, right? Power costs, right? The, uh, 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 that kind of stuff takes money, right? Or takes it paying the price. Higher horsepower, higher money, right? We can just be ordinary Christians just saved like a stock car with no power, or we can embrace prayer and fasting and allow God to impart his spirit into us, that he can in increase our capacity and increase our power so that we can see his hand move in our lives. Amen? See, fasting and prayer work hand in hand, right? Fasting and prayer work hand in hand. That you can pray, right? You can pray without fasting, but you can't spiritually fast without prayer, right? And I say spiritually fasting because you can fast. I, and, and this is kind of news to me. I didn't think anybody else fast, fasted until just recently when I started hearing about like keto diets, right? You guys do keto diets, right? My coworker was like, oh, I'm fasting today. And I was like, what? You're saved? And he's like, no, I'm doing the keto diet. I'm like, what? Right, where they don't eat certain days of the week or they fast half a day because it works in their body, but they're doing it for a physical gain, right? But when we fast, we do it for a spiritual gain. I mean, we do it so that we can hear from God, that we could see what God has for us, that we could get refined and tuned in. Amen? So you can pray without fasting, but you can't spiritually fast without prayer. Amen? Fasting enhances our prayer life. Amen. I want to hit on this for a moment that fasting enhances our prayer life. Right. And going back to the to the hot rod analogy. Right. Fasting to me is like a turbocharger. Right. Fasting is like a supercharger. Right. Or maybe for you who watch Fast and the Furious, it's like nitrous. Right. That, that your motor's running good and it makes good power. But when you hit that button, you just take off. Right. Or when the turbo kicks in, when the, when that when that boost kicks in, you guys are like, what is he talking about? It's like. Boost is when your pressure is just forced into the engine and it makes more power and your car goes fast. That's what boost is, right? So fasting is like a turbocharger for your spirit. It's like a turbocharger for your prayer, right? Because when you fast, it, it, it enhances it. It, it, encourage, it encourages prayer, amen? It encourages prayer. And how this works is, you know, when, when you fast, Right? And I'm sure there's people here right now thinking this. You haven't even heard a word I'm saying. You're just listening to this. Right? So when you fast, amen, you get hungry, right? Anybody here hungry? It's okay. We're in the church. Amen. Praise God. 
Amen. Nobody look around. So when you fast, you get hungry. And if you don't get hungry, you must not be fasting. Amen. So when you fast, you get hungry. And then when you get hungry, your first thought, it goes, man, how much longer is this fast going to last? Right? Pastor said 21 days. When did we start counting these days? Was it last week? Was it tomorrow? You're trying to think, like, you know, you get hungry. Even if you're doing the Daniel fast, right? You could eat, I don't care. You could eat as much salad as you want, but it doesn't fill you up like a steak and potatoes, right? You get hungry, right? So when you fast, you get hungry. And then when you get hungry, your natural thinking is, how much longer? <clears throat> Right? Oh, I'm going to break the fast tonight. So you think, okay, I just got a few more hours. And so you're just counting time, and you're just click, 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 watching it go by, drinking a heck of water, trying to, like, just make it go past, right? If that's how you do it, then you're just not eating, right? But the purpose of fasting, this is what I learned, is that when you think like that, right, you just change the ending. So you, when you fast, you get hungry, yes, and then you go, oh, I'm hungry, why? Oh, because I'm fasting, but instead of thinking how long, you begin to think, oh, why am I fasting? You, you begin to say, okay, I'm hungry because I'm fasting, and I'm fasting because, right? I'm fasting for my family, right? I'm fasting for my children, right? I'm fasting for that job. I'm fasting for that breakthrough. And then when you have that, when you remember why you're fasting, it energizes, it charges up your prayer. Because instead of just counting the time or counting the days, now you go, yeah, that's right. I'm hungry because I'm fasting for my family. So, God, I pray for my family, God. God, I pray for their salvation. God, I pray for their breakthroughs. God, I pray for their healing. And it energizes you. It stirs you up. It kicks you into another gear so it reminds you to pray. Right? Even if you're at work. Even if you're at work, even with your kids, that when you get hungry, let it be a reminder of what you're praying for. Let it be a reminder of what you're believing God to do. Let it be a reminder of the miracles that you're expecting. Let it be a reminder of the salvations that are going to take place. Let it be a reminder of the vision that God's going to bring to pass. Amen? So don't just count time, but let God, let fasting, let that physical feeling remind you of what you're spiritually doing. Amen? Now, there's a few ways, amen, there's a few ways, amen, that, that you can fast. Obviously, pastor brought them out, too, you know, that you could do a Daniel fast, a partial fast, a liquid fast, an absolute fast where you don't drink nothing, not even water, amen. Um, but when you fast, like I said, it has to go hand in hand with prayer, right? So I want to just hit on a few points about prayer, amen, uh, uh, of how we can, you know, just keep it exciting, I guess, right, or keep it alive. These are a few things that I do, right, to try to keep my prayer life exciting because sometimes you, you, it's, you're just like, man, what do I do? What do I pray, right? It's kind of routine, right? Um, so the first thing you do, right, the first thing that, that I've seen is that how, how you can keep your prayer alive, amen, is, is you find a special place, right? Find a special pray, place to pray, right? Find a special place Amen. To get alone with God, to allow God to get a hold of you, right? This place can be in your house, right? Maybe there's a place in your backyard. I remember when I was, you know, with Pastor Chuck in Indonesia, there was a place in the backyard where you could go and stand and look over the city, and we would just be out there and just pray, right? Or, or even a few times, you know, when, when I was single, amen, I would go and I would drive to the beach and go pray, 
Amen. I didn't have no kids. I'd get on my motorcycle, full throttle all the way there, right? And then I'd pray, right? That was my, my special place. Amen. So find a special place. Let there be a place designated for your prayer, right? So that you're not distracted, right? So that you're not, you know, you don't got your phone or your tablet or a TV or, you know, be able to, to seclude yourself a little bit so that you can focus in and, and, and focus on what God wants to do in that prayer time. Amen. Secondly, uh, uh, another way that we could keep our prayer life going and, and exciting and, you know, just mix it up a little bit. Amen. I feel like I'm teaching like a marriage class right here. Amen. Is write your prayers down. Right. Write your prayers down. Right. Write a letter to God. Right. I, I, ha- I have a few of those where I wrote letters to God where where, you know, because there's times when you come to prayer and you just you don't feel like talking. Right. Especially if you're going through something. Right, especially if, if there's something that's troubling you, it's like you feel like you just can't say it, right? And, and for some, you know, maybe even the youth here when you were younger that, you know, you were mad at somebody and you didn't want to talk to them, so you wrote them a letter, right? It's kind of the same way, but you could still express what your spirit wants to express by writing it down, amen? You write, down, you write it down, you write a letter to God, amen? And then thirdly, amen, is that you pray the word of God. Amen. Use the word of God as a foundation for your prayer. Use the word of God as an outline, as a structure, right? Because sometimes you come into prayer and you just feel like you're praying the same thing, right? Now, there's going to be times where we come to prayer and we pray about the same thing, amen? We're, still, we're believing for God to move in a certain area. We're believing God to move in a loved one, right? But use the word of God, amen, as, as, as a guide, right? Use the word of God as something to direct you, to guide you, amen, that you could even, you could take scriptures, and, and even, you know, we, as we read in Matthew 6, we skipped a chunk, but that's a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, right? He, he's saying, you know, you know, Lord, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? You could use that as a structure, that you first, you acknowledge God of how great he is, how mighty he is, how awesome he is, how holy his name is, that, that he is high and lifted up, that he doesn't compare to us, right? And then, Lord, let your kingdom come, right, on earth as it is in heaven, meaning, Lord, let your will be done, right? Not mine, right? Let your will be done, right? And you use it as a structure. You find scriptures, and, and the Bible is full of them, especially in the book of Psalms, right? You could find these, and you could read them, and you could use them, right, as prayer targets, to use them as ammunition, right, use them as fuel, amen, for your prayers, amen, and I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come up, amen, I just wanted to touch on this here tonight, because I know we've been praying, I know we've been fasting, amen, and and I want to encourage you, continue to pray, continue to fast, amen, that we are going to see great things happening in this coming year, Right. We're seeing great things happening already. Right. We're seeing people be blessed with with, you know, places to live. We're seeing people be blessed with jobs, with with different things. And and, and that's just the beginning. Amen. But as we pray, as we fast, right, as we allow God to tune us up, right, as we allow God to to align us. Amen. So that when we go into February, March and we go into the summer and the fall, that we don't get off track. Amen. That we don't get off course. Amen. But we allow the Spirit of God to tune us up, to adjust us right now so that we can go down the right path that He has for us in 2019. 
Amen. How many of you guys are excited for what God has in 2019? Amen. How many of you guys want the Holy Spirit, amen, to, to stir you up and to charge you up and to excite you? Amen. So as the worship team comes and they get ready to, to, to sing a song, how I want to end here tonight is I want us to, 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 to be able to pray just for a little bit. As I was here, I was seeing our cross, right? And at the, in, at the beginning of the month, we put our prayer request up on this cross, right? And then we've been praying and we've been doing other things, house to house prayer, location prayer. But what I felt the Holy Spirit was showing me was let's come back to this cross for a moment, right? Let's come back to the names that we put on this cross. Let's come back to the prayer request, to the visions that we put up there, to the promises that we put up there, amen? So as, as you, we all stand, amen? You guys just get ready just to play, sing a song, amen. I want to encourage you for a few moments, amen. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen your prayer. But I want us to continue in that vein of prayer here tonight. And I want us to come up to these altars. And if you have a prayer request on that.